Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I am your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thanks so much for being here today. Of course, make sure to subscribe if you have not already. I get to kick things off today with a very fun topic, and that is my very first correction yesterday as I was talking about Christian Watson. I went over some of his stats. I mentioned that he played 195 passing snaps last season per pro football focus. And then I went through all the numbers after that. And unfortunately, while all of my math was correct and double checked and triple checked, when I looked at PFF site, I saw Christian Watson in a Green Bay Packers uniform, but unfortunately, I was not on his Green Bay Packers page. I was on his North Dakota State page, and he played 195 passing snaps in his last year of college. He played 282 passing snaps a season ago, which obviously adjusts those numbers a little bit. He had 0.145 catches per passing snap, 2.167 yards per passing snap, 0.025 touchdowns per passing snap, which if you were to extrapolate that to Justin Jefferson's passing snaps, which I did in the episode yesterday. It wasn't the crazy video game numbers that I went over yesterday, but it would still have been 106 catches, 1,594 yards, and 18 touchdowns, which would have been an incredible rookie season for Christian Watson. All of my points in the video still stand. I still think he is due for a massive breakout season. I think he can be an absolute superstar, but just wanted to correct the statistics a little bit from yesterday that I went over with Christian Watson. A slight change just based on the fact that he played about, you know, what, 90-ish more snaps than uh, what I had thought he did in the passing game. So my apologies for that. Thank goodness this is my first video that I've had to address a mistake that I made in over a thousand videos and over 1800 audio episodes that we've done. So I'm very thankful for that, but wanted to get that out of the way right away. So with all that being said, let's get to our main topic for today. And what I want to do is I want to go over the rookie expectations for this entire Green Bay Packer rookie class this year. I want to go pick by pick. I've done this for playing time expectations, but today, now that I've had the opportunity to see some of these players and OTAs and rookie mini camps, 
I want to go over exactly what I'm expecting them to do as players and have what type of impact they're going to have in 2023. So let's kick things off right away with Lucas Van Ness. And let's just start by saying I expect him to be edge your starting edge, edge number one, edge number two, whatever we want to put it at, doesn't really matter. A starting edge rusher if Rashawn Gary is not ready to go for that season opener. If he's ready, it's going to be Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. I don't think there's any question about that. And once Gary is back, it'll be Gary and Preston. But Lucas Van Ness, my expectation is that he is going to be the first edge rusher up. I also expect him to get some passing down situations on the interior. I even think that he can play the, you know, one of the defensive end positions, even on earlier downs. I don't think you have to limit him to only passing downs. I think there's a world which exists in which he can play even some of the running downs as a three down defensive lineman. If you really wanted to go in that direction, I think he will have the ability to hold up just as well as a Dean Lowry did a season ago as a three down defensive lineman, even in his rookie year, even as a little bit of an undersized defensive lineman. So I expect him to be a, I would say, I don't know if I want to say like an impact player, because I think when you hear that connotation, I think you're thinking of like a upper echelon player, but I expect him to make an impact right away on this defense. As mentioned, if Rashawn Gary's not there, I expect him to be a starter on the edge. I think he's more than capable of setting a strong edge in the running game. He is very, very capable of screaming down the, you know, down the line and closing that back door and chasing down plays from behind a la Clay Matthews. He is very capable of making an impact as a pass rusher. I don't think six to eight sacks is out of the realm of possibility, especially with what I expect him to get, you know, in regards to pass rush snaps this upcoming season. I think there's some questions that he's going to have to answer. A is just in general, how does he hold up against the run? If he gets double teamed with a tight end and an offensive tackle, can he hold up at the point of attack there? How quickly does he learn the playbook? As an edge rusher, as a pass rusher, it's not super complicated. Can he show that he can drop back into coverage a little bit to at least flash that ability if needed in a pinch to do so? But this is a player that is just too gifted, too fast, and too powerful to not make an impact in year one for this team. I expect him to far outpace what Rashawn Gary did in his rookie year. I'm not saying he's going to be as good or better than what Rashawn Gary has been in his career. I think that opportunity absolutely exists, but I do expect Lucas Van Ness to have a much bigger impact, partly due to just circumstances. Rashawn was behind both Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith, and both those guys did not come off the field a ton in Rashawn Gary's rookie season, but I expect Lucas Van Ness to have a much bigger impact than what Rashawn Gary did in his rookie season. And like I said, expect him to be the starter opposite Preston Smith as soon as, uh, well, if Rashawn Gary is not able to play. And as soon as Rashawn Gary comes back, he moves into that third spot in the rotation. And I'll say this as well. It would not surprise me if by end of this season, Lucas Van Ness was a better performer than Preston Smith out on the field. I think we're starting to see Preston Smith just sort of get to that point in his career where he's a solid, average, good football player, but the explosive plays, the game-changing plays are just a little bit few and far between, doesn't hold up quite as well in just the down-to-down situations. And that's where Lucas Van Ness can come in as well. I think if it's fine, like let Preston Smith be the placeholder as the starter at the edge position, that's fine. But if you can start scaling back some of Preston Smith's snaps, not only do I think that that could benefit guys like Kingsley and Igbari and Lucas Van Ness and the defense as a whole, but I think that's going to benefit Preston Smith. If he doesn't have to play 50 plus snaps a game on the edge going up and, you know, ramming his head against offensive tackles over and over and over for 50, 60 snaps a game, and you can start getting that to 35, 40, 
I think you're going to have a fresher Preston Smith, a better Preston Smith. And I think this is going to help the defense as a whole. So I have very, very high expectations for Lucas Van Ness. I'm not saying he's going to be a 12-sack player. I'm not saying he's going to be a Pro Bowl caliber player, anything like that in year one. But I do expect him to make a real legitimate impact. And I think he can start seeing that from week one as he makes his way into this defense, potentially as a starter week one due to that Rashawn Gary injury. Next up is Luke Musgrave. And just you know, right on the onset, I expect him to be tight end one. I He's lined up already at tight end one in OTAs. Like that should be extremely telling. And he, Tucker Craft missed the second OTA with an injury. He was there first OTA. It was Luke Musgrave. Josiah DeGuara has been there for OTAs. It has been Luke Musgrave. So it very much seems like the expectation going into this, the remainder of this offseason is that Luke Musgrave is going to be the number one tight end. And the big question for Musgrave is going to be just what he can bring you as a blocker. If he shows that he is capable of blocking, he could see a ton of playing time. If he shows that he struggles and maybe Green Bay just wants to get Tucker Craft some playing time, Josiah DeGuara some playing time, and they want to use Luke Musgrave to his strengths a little bit more, maybe not wear him down and start playing him 50 snaps a game, especially in a rookie season where just, and you look at the snaps that Musgrave has played in his career, he hasn't been able to stay uh, healthy throughout his college career and just they they didn't use their tight ends, especially Musgrave a ton. So he's not used to a, you know, 800, 900 snap season. So I think you're going to see a pretty steady rotation at that tight end with Kraft, Musgrave, and with Josiah DeGuara, but I expect him to be tight end one. If he shows he can block, he could be out there even more than I'm expecting right now. I think you look at Jermichael Finley's second season. So Finley as a rookie was basically a redshirt season. If you look at his second year where he was younger than what Luke Musgrave, I think actually around the same age as what Luke Musgrave is right now. Jermichael Finley's second year, 55 catches, 676 yards, and five touchdowns. That is not my expectation for Musgrave this season, but that is my my sort of, I wouldn't say dream scenario because I think there's a dream scenario that's even better than that, but I think that's my high-end expectation for Luke Musgrave this year. Second year, Jermichael Finley, 55 catches, 676 yards, and five touchdowns. And maybe you're thinking, Andy, rookie tight end, that's awfully aggressive. Robert Tunyon last year, who just didn't have the juice anymore. Let's just be totally honest. I love Robert Tunyon. You guys know that. He just didn't have it anymore. Last year in this offense with Aaron Rodgers not really targeting the middle of the field a ton and with Robert Tunyon just not being able to separate, had 53 catches for 470 yards and two touchdowns, all right? So, you know, you're asking in that same sort of role for Luke Musgrave, can he have two more catches for 200 more yards? Now, the yard is yards is going to be different, but imagine a real tight end with actual run after the catch ability and a guy who, who can actually stretch the seam and catch passes down the field and not just be a, you know, what, five to 10 yard intermediate guy and a guy that can line up in the slot as a big wide receiver. I think that's possible. And, you know, Tunyon had two tight ends or two tight ends, two touchdowns. You know, I think he can have, uh, I think Musgrave can have more than that in 2023. So, Yes, I think that that Jermichael Finley line of 55, 676, and five touchdowns is probably a bit aggressive, but that's the high-end expectation I have for Luke Musgrave. And Tunyon's last year, 53, 470, and two touchdowns, I think that should be totally attainable for Musgrave. Another one that I'll look at really quick here is Dallas Goddard, because to me, there's still some similarities between the two. Dallas Goddard as a rookie, now remember, he had Zach Ertz there, so this is partly the reason that Goddard's numbers were a little bit lower. But Goddard had 33 catches for 334 yards and four touchdowns as a rookie. That is my bottom line expectation. Like, in my opinion, Luke Musgrave should absolutely at least reach 33, 
334 and, you know, three, four touchdowns somewhere in there. If he can get to that Jermichael Finley second year level of 55, 676 and five touchdowns, I think we're really cooking with gas. And I think that is a, a goal that I think Luke Musgrave should have to be somewhere in that realm. Now, the issue is if you go back to Tunyon last year, I mentioned 53, 470, and two, the issue is that the rest of the tight ends combined last year had only 23 catches and Josiah DeGuara had 13 of those. I expect Josiah DeGuara's production to remain just about the same. So there's only 10 more catches. That was between Tyler Davis and Mercedes Lewis. And you could argue that Tyler Davis, or at least whoever is number four tight end, maybe stays the same. So there's just not many, you know, number two tight end passes that were completed a season ago. But I think we're going to see some rotation with Tucker Craft, Josiah DeGuara, Luke Musgrave. So you could maybe see some of those targets split out between those guys that that Tunyon got a season ago. But I also expect Jordan Love to attack the tight end position more than Aaron Rodgers did. I expect him to attack the middle of the field more. And I just think now you have better, more talented tight ends. So of course, the quarterbacks are probably going to look more your direction when you have more talent in that area. So I expect those numbers for the tight ends as a whole to go up. I think we can see some wild plays up the seam, some deep crossing routes, which we've already seen in practice, the run after the catch, the speed after the catch. I think we want to see him continue to develop as a red zone threat, but that is my goal and expectation for Luke Musgrave this year as tight end one for the Green Bay Packers. Next up is Jaden Reed. And while I've been very bullish on my first two in Lucas Van Ness and Luke Musgrave, I'm going to peel back a little bit on Jaden Reed. I'm going to say that he ends up as wide receiver four and possibly even punt returner one. And I know some of you are immediately going to think, uh, you forgetting the all pro returner, Keyshawn Nixon? I am not. I can promise you I am not. However, watch Keyshawn Nixon a little bit. A, he is a much better kick returner than he is a punt returner. And I'm not saying he's a bad punt returner because he showed he had some dynamic plays in him last year as a punt returner. However, watch him catch the ball there's a little bit of a higher level of discomfort with him fielding punts than there was with him fielding kicks. And I just thought he was ultimately better fielding kicks than he was at punts. I still think he's extremely dangerous as a punt returner. So don't get me wrong. If they decide to go Keyshawn Nixon punt returner as well, I will not be upset because I want Keyshawn Nixon to have the ball in his hands a lot. Also, Keyshawn Nixon is going to be the starting slot. So they may want to scale him back just a little bit, especially if they have another option at returner that could be also very dynamic, which I think Jaden Reed can be. So there is a world that I think is possible where Keyshawn Nixon is your starting slot and your primary kick returner, and Jaden Reed actually takes over as the primary punt returner. So I'm going to say Jaden Reed ends up wide receiver four and punt punt returner one. I do think his development as a wide receiver could take just a little bit more time. It would not shock me if Samore Toure ended up being the number three wide receiver behind Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, in large part due to the fact that those three receivers have had a year in the system already, and they've had opportunities to learn, and they've had opportunities to work with Jordan Love. But from a number standpoint, I do think, A, that Jaden Reed is going to have opportunities to play in the slot. And I go back to Randall Cobb a season ago. He had 13 games. He had 34 catches, 417 yards, and a touchdown. Now, I think Jaden Reed can very much be in that same conversation as what Randall Cobb brought to the table a season ago. 34 catches, 417 yards, and a touchdown. Even if he's wide receiver four, I think that's well within the realm of possibility. So those are sort of the numbers that I'm looking for for Jaden Reed this upcoming season. The bigger thing is I want to see a steady progression from Jaden Reed and continues to get much better over time. I think he is going to get a lot of snaps or at least a lot of opportunity from the slot. And if he can make the most of those opportunities, I think he could earn himself more playing time, probably more targets, more catches, et cetera. 
era, but I do think he needs to get a little bit more precise with the details. I think he needs to learn the nuances of the game a little bit more. I think he's highly competitive. I think that will come through the course of the year, but I think that ramp up period is just going to be a little bit longer for Jaden Reed. And don't be shocked if it's Dobbs, Watson, and Toure who end up getting the primary snaps at the beginning of the season. That brings us to Tucker Craft. Expect him to be tight end two, tight end three, at least in that rotation. The big question is just going to also be how far is his blocking and can he be a better blocker than Musgrave? And if so, you could start seeing him get some of those early down snaps. If he gets early down snaps, he's going to get some play action snaps. If he makes the most out of those, shows what he's capable of, all of a sudden you could end up with him being on the field more often than not. We also know that, you know, uh, that Matt LaFleur loves using two tight ends. So it would not surprise me if we saw a lot of Musgrave and Kraft on the field at the same time. But how he blocks and if he shows he can be the ultimate better blocker than really any other tight end that they have right now, we could see Tucker Kraft get on the field more often than maybe we're even expecting. I'm going to say around 29 catches, 265 yards and two touchdowns for Tucker Craft as a rookie, very much like Jaden Reed, looking for continued pro- continued progress throughout the course of the season. I really loved his demeanors during OTA. You can tell he has a thirst to learn and get better at the position, which I love. And I do believe wholeheartedly that he is going to be the one to break this third round curse. So I expect great things from Tucker Craft down the line, but don't be surprised if there's also a little bit of a, a rookie ramp up period, sort of similar to what we discussed with Jaden Reed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. 
I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Colby Wooden, I think, is going to be defensive line four for Green Bay. Clark, and then Slayton, or Clark, Wyatt, Slayton, in, in some capacity after Clark. But those are going to be your top three. I think Colby Wooden's going to get that fourth spot. We'll talk about Carl Brooks in just a little bit. I think he's going to get a lot of pass rush snaps to begin with. I don't think they're going to want to use him a ton on early rundowns. I do think he's going to have a real legitimate role with the team. Would not shock me if Colby Wooden ended up in that 18 to 20 snaps per game range. He shows great effort. I wouldn't surprise me if he had, you know, I would say maybe four sacks this season in some of that pass rush role. I saw already some of those flashes of upside in rookie minicamp and OTAs. And I think the big question with Colby Wooden is going to be if a Kenny Clark or a TJ Slayton or a Devontae Wyatt would end up going down in some capacity, how does he hold up against the run? And can he be a legitimate key rotational player along the defensive line? I think that's where he's going to have to develop. I think he's going to have to hold up better against the run, have to perform better against double teams. If he shows he can do that, he can get on the field a lot more. And if there is some sort of injury, they're going to need him to be better. But I expect a, like I said, a legitimate role somewhere 18 to 20 snaps a game this season for Colby Wooden as defensive lineman four. All right, Sean Clifford, I do expect him to win the quarterback two job. Hopefully the last time we see Sean Clifford this season is in the last week of preseason. I did you know, preview a video of Sean Clifford earlier this year showing that he has impeccable kneel down form. So hopefully we get to see him in some of those capacities at the end of game, kneeling down the ball, subbing in for Jordan Love and taking over for the great Tim Boyle and Kirk Benkert as the kneel down specialist in Green Bay. Jordan Love had 21 attempts a season ago. If we could mirror that and we could promise Jordan Love to stay uh, relatively healthy through the course of the year, that would be amazing. I think the question is going to be how much of the offense can he pick up and how quickly and what can he provide for Jordan Love? That second string quarterback, that backup quarterback has a very big role in preparing Jordan Love for the week. I think if Sean Clifford can prove that he can pick up the offense quickly and be that, you know, not mentor, but, um, you know, be that sort of buddy, you know, sort of for, for Jordan Love and that, uh, you know, helping him prepare throughout the week, I think that's going to be a big part of Sean Clifford's role as well. So the sooner he can pick up the offense, the better. This is a smart player who's had a a lot of experience in college and hopefully he's able to come in and learn that offense relatively quick. And if so, he could very much be of some service as he, you know, helps Jordan Love prepare for the week, but more importantly, learn that offense. And if in a pinch he is needed, he can come in and, uh, you know, hopefully run your offense at least in some capacity, not maybe to the Jordan Love obvious uh, capacity, but if he can come in and at least run the plays, that would be a very good start for Sean Clifford as QB2 this upcoming season. All right, Dontavian Wicks, I'm going to say he ends up being wide receiver five behind, you know, Jaden Reed and the, the three starters that I talked about already in Toure, Watson, and Romeo Dobbs. I would love to see Dontavian Wicks take Samari Toure's playbook from a season ago and just say, that's what I want to try and do. Samari Toure played in multiple games. He only ended up with 10 targets, five catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown. But it is what he did on the field that showed that, oh, this guy can play and he deserves more playing time a season from now. And there could be a world in which Dontavian Wicks needs to play sooner if there's some injuries. I like some of the flashes that I saw. I like the potential. I think he's going to have to really master and learn the offense. He needs to hone his craft at wide receiver as every rookie wide receiver does. I think the question is going to be is if he is forced into a bigger role, can he step up and, and grab that opportunity and really run with it? But 
I, I would expect this to be a player that we see progress throughout the season, see a little bit of on the field, but hopefully not a ton, because if it is, it's probably due to injuries. Uh, but I like the potential. I like the upside and look for him to progress throughout the season and be ready to go and help out more in 2024. All right, Carl Brooks, defensive lineman five. Can he find himself that niche role? Can he be used some on the edge, specifically in rundowns? Because that could be a huge help for the Packers on early downs. If you've got a 300 pound edge player, which is what he played in college, setting the edge in the run game, that'd be great. If he can do that, he could get himself on the field more often. I think he can also be a pass rusher on the interior on some obvious passing downs. If he shows that he has the capability of doing that, he can see the field in a little bit better capacity. So I think his uniqueness and what he can potentially bring to the table can help him maybe develop a little bit develop a little bit of a niche role for this defense. And if so, then he can start getting on the field more and maybe making a little bit more of an impact. A big part of that is going to be Jerry Montgomery and Joe Barry and just how creative they are with him and how they can use him in different ways. How does he transition to the NFL coming from Bowling Green at a smaller program? Would not surprise me if he got about 10 to 15 snaps per game, probably more as a pass rush specialist, but can be moved all around the defensive front. And a name that comes keeps coming to mind for me for Colorado Brooks is Corey Williams, the former Packers defensive lineman, who was also taken in the sixth round as a rookie. He played in 12 games, 24 tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss. I don't know whether the stats are the same, but if Colby Brooks could follow that similar trajectory through the first three to four years of Corey Williams' career, that would be a great place to start for Carl Brooks. Anders Carlson, he will be the kicker in all likelihood for this upcoming season. So kicker one, if you will. Remember, he only made 71.8% of his kicks or his field goals in college, made 98.3% of his college extra points. I looked at Cade York, who was a rookie kicker a season ago, who made 24 out of 32 field goals, 35 out of 37 extra points. Listen, they're not sexy numbers, but this is a rookie kicker who had some struggles in college. Cade York showed last year as a rookie, it can be a little bit difficult to kick in the NFL. I think those numbers are going to be very similar to what we see with Anders Carlson. 24 out of 32 in field goals, 35 out of 37 on extra points. That'd be 75% field goals, 94.6% on extra points. Hopefully it's better, but uh, let's just say as a rookie, I think there's going to be some hiccups along the way with Anders Carlson. Carrington Valentine, expect him to be corner six. I think this could be a redshirt season for him. I do think there's a, a possibility that he could get used in a pinch early if some injuries hit. Remember, Eric Stokes might not be ready to start the season. And then if you've got Jair, Nixon, and Razul Douglas, and somebody goes out on the outside, who are you going with? Corey Valentine? Carrington Valentine? Keandre Thomas? Like there's just not the Shamar John Charles, who's more of an inside guy. There's not a lot of great options there. So if there is a issue early, if there's an injury early, Carrington Valentine could get himself in that conversation, but I think he's probably more corner six. Hopefully there's no injuries and he can use this a little bit more as a redshirt season. Lou Nichols running back three slash four late roster spot or like one of the last roster spots or maybe a practice squad guy. Wouldn't surprise me if he was a preseason star. I could see him getting going early in preseason and continuing that throughout the three games that Green Bay gets in the preseason. I think if there is a running back injury that there's a great possibility that it's more of your Patrick Taylor slash um, Tyler Goodson that get a little bit more of an opportunity, but we know Brian likes to keep his rookies, so he could easily be kept as running back three. And it wouldn't also surprise me if he got some opportunity late in the year, if Green Bay struggled in the season and they wanted to get some of their younger players some time late in the season. Anthony Johnson Jr., 
safety question mark. I don't know if it's going to be two, three, four, five, six. I have no idea. The safety room is incredibly intriguing, not in the best ways, but it's certainly in an interesting way. What I'm hoping for is a steady progression throughout the season. It would not shock me if he started as inactive to start the year and ended up starting late in the year just because of his potential. I really want to sit here and tell you that he's going to start sooner rather than later or make an impact sooner rather than later. But the reality is he is a seventh round pick. It's going to likely take him some time to make an impact. And there's a good chance that he's inactive more often than not to at least start the season until he can maybe show that he's more of a special teams player and is worthy of being activated on game days. But I hope he gets some opportunities late in the year. And I hope we see that consistent progression for Anthony Johnson as the season goes along. Last but not least, Grant Dubose, expect him to get the wide receiver six you know, spot in, in overall 53-man roster spot. I do think this is going to be a redshirt season for him, though, even though he's going to be on the active 53, if I had to guess. He needs to get healthy first. Right now, he's a little bit banged up, have not had a chance to get any look at him yet. I would like to see him get back on the field sooner rather than later so we can start integrating himself in this offense a little bit. Hopefully this injury does not linger. But this is another player who can try and use that Samori Toure playbook from a season ago. When you get your number called, when you get your opportunities, it doesn't have to be incredible, but if you show that you're able to hang and can make some plays, you're going to get an opportunity in the next season, which is exactly what Samori is getting this year. Hopefully Grant Dubose, uh, Dontavian Wicks can follow that similar formula. That is going to do it for me today. I hope you enjoyed this you know, new and exciting and super tasty episode of the Pack-A-Day podcast going over rookie expectations. I will, of course, be right back here tomorrow with an all-new episode. Thanks so much for joining me, but until next time, and as always, Go Pack Go! ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done